Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the Blog Cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting all about work and life alignment. And joining me today is Bunny Young, who's a business therapist. So Bunny, before we get into what you do, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a therapist, as you said, for um, over a decade and found uh, that a lot of the life passions that I had was not going to be solved on a couch. So I found that I could help people more by doing more coaching and speaking. And I'm a retired stuntwoman. I'm from a military family and I'm the mother of some amazing kids. So a retired stuntwoman, let's talk about that first, because that's something <laughs> that we don't hear a lot of people do. Yeah. So my husband's a stuntman. And when we actually met at a movie studio and when we were dating, he had an opportunity to go to China to do a live action stunt show and asked me if I wanted to come with him. And I, I can't go somewhere and not put myself to work. Like I can't not be useful in some way, shape or form. So I told him I'd go if I could get you know a job too. And so I interviewed with the company. I did the whole thing and ended up doing the show. And the ironic thing is, is I worked six days a week on set. He worked like two or three days a week on set. So it was pretty funny, but he loves and is a very talented stuntman. I moved on and got my master's degree and I'm a very talented businesswoman now. So that's what we do. I mean, that's a big jump for being a stuntwoman to go in and get your master's degree. What made you decide to go and get your master's? You know, it's really not. Um, I like the the setup that you had for me of that's a big jump because there were a lot of big jumps in stunts. But um, it being a stuntwoman taught me a lot about business. It taught me the value of having a team. It taught me the value of knowing how to do risky things in very safe ways and having redundancies. It taught me about how to communicate, how to plan, how to script. And so it's really funny that that's where life took me. However, I'm a third generation entrepreneur and I grew up in business and being on set and communicating with the individuals that I worked with and the behind the scenes individuals, it's, it's a business. And it's definitely taught me a lot that I use today in my businesses. So it was a, a clarifying moment to be in China and say, you know, what it is, what is it that you want to do with the rest of your life? And I thought I wanted to be a therapist. And so I knew I wanted to help people and I couldn't really connect the dots as to how I was really making an impact on the world, just being a stunt woman at a live action stunt show. So I got my master's degree and um, I, but I had a ton of fun being a stunt woman and every single thing in my life has brought me lessons that I still continue to use today. I love that. So what, what point you said you went and got your master's degree, you became a licensed therapist, and then you decided that, as you said in your intro, that you could serve people better than just while them coming in and laying on your couch. At what point did you decide that? Oh, very, very quickly. I had conversations with my supervisor to just say, you know, I, I can't stand listening to people complain about the things in their lives and feel like I have my hands tied behind my back because we're only allowed to talk about this or I can't share personal experiences to decrease their learning curve. 
And so I started doing consulting with some of the corporate and executive clients that had gone through therapeutic retreats that we were hosting at a ranch because I ended up specializing in um, equine and animal assisted therapy. And so we had an executive that went through one of our retreats and said, can you come work with our company and our team? And I said, well, I'm a therapist. And my supervisor and my mentor was like, you could go support somebody having a powerful conversation to transform. This is what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It's really funny when you're super clear about what it is that you want to do, life will show up and give it to you. And you're like, oh, wait, but that's not what I'm doing. And it's like, well, you asked for it and it just showed up. So sometimes you need a smart person to point that out for you. So I started doing that and then through the consulting, got individual one-on-one -on -one clients. And that's most closely aligned with what people think of as coaching. And so I don't do therapy anymore. And I still use every single therapeutic tool in my toolbox from my master's degree, from my years as a therapist to help people today. But now I get to help them break through those mental battles and the mindset battles. And I get to help them put it into aligned action in their lives and have growth, not just in their business, but also in their life. What's the number one thing that most people struggle with? Stress. Overwhelm. Mm -hmm. So not, I, I was going to say confidence, but it's, it's not even confidence. It's just not even knowing where to start sometimes. Now you mentioned earlier that you were, you helping with the equine therapy. Now I read on your bio that you have a service dog. Do you still have your service dog? I do. He's, he is sleeping right there. So <laughs> I, he's my fourth service dog and, um, He's a little upset right now because our the my previous service dog's book got released this summer. And so a lot of attention has been taken off of him since the book is out and everybody wants to talk about Goose and her book. And so he, he's a little upset now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk for a few minutes what a service dog does, because um, later on I'm going to have somebody come on and talk about service dogs. So I would love to have your your experience on service dogs as well. Yeah, so a service dog in the United States is defined as a service animal, um, and it's narrowed down to a dog that assists an individual with a disability to mitigate that disability. So it performs tasks in order to mitigate that disability. So in the broad sense of what a service dog is, that's the definition. In the micro sense of what a service dog is, that's the question for every single individual who partners with a service animal out there because what my service animal does for my heart condition, he's a walking cane. He alerts to dangerous variations in my heart rate, my heart rate going too high or too low. He can get my medication. He can go get, you know, somebody to help me. So there are a lot of things that he performs, but I'm six foot three. And so, you know, he's a great Dane. And um, what he does for me is not necessarily what somebody else's cardiac assistance animal is going to do for them or, somebody's autism assistance animal. And so it's a very unique situation and it's a very unique bond between a service animal and their person. And it's also, you know, he's a $30,000 piece of medical device. So when people are like, can I pet your dog? And then get upset with me when I'm like, no, in the land of COVID, you cannot pet my dog. <laughs> in the land of not COVID, you cannot pet my dog. Mm -hmm. um, what you have to understand is you're communicating with an individual with a disability and you wouldn't walk up to somebody that is in a wheelchair and say, can I ride in your wheelchair? That's mm -hmm. somehow some way understood as disrespectful. And yet people see a dog 
even if he's in his full vest, he has a giant collar that says service dog. And they say, you know, can I pet your dog? Or it's so cool that you get to bring your dog here. It's like, I have a heart condition and might not get to see my kids get married, but yeah, it's so cool that I get to bring my dog here. Like these are not things that are appropriate to say to somebody, you know, with, with a service animal, at least not in, in my perspective, we've had people come up to him at a restaurant and try to feed him. We've mm -hmm. had a variety of different things. We've, we've been discriminated against on a major airline because somebody just didn't like the dog and it was one of their employees. And it's just like, wow, it's, it is a constant battle. I just had a conversation yesterday where um, one of my friends who has a service dog, because I'm on the board for Pausable, which is a nonprofit that does uh, advocacy and education. So we don't train dogs. We train people mm -hmm. about service animals. And so she messaged the organization and she was like, you know, somebody won't hire me because I have a service dog. Well, it's a private school. And so, you know, the laws are very gray as far as that goes on, you know, employment and all of that. And it wasn't the school that was saying, we won't hire you. It was that she couldn't go in and be a private aide for a child of the school. And so there was one layer of removal as far mm -hmm. as the employment laws go. And, you know, she's like, isn't this discrimination? And I said, yes, it's discrimination, but it doesn't make it illegal. So many people are discriminated against on a daily basis and it doesn't always make it illegal. It can be wrong without being illegal. Yeah, that's so true. Now, have all your service dogs been Great Danes? I've had three Great Danes and one Mastiff. Okay, because you're six three, so you need the bigger dogs, right? <laughs> yes, yes. We tried to use a Chihuahua and train him once. It didn't go so well. <laughs> I can't imagine the Chihuahua. Now, um, you just mentioned you said you had a heart um, disability. So how does that help you with, hinder you with your stunt woman? Did that hinder at all? <laughs> it did. It did. It, I lasted a, a good long while, but we ended up at like maybe two or three days left on the contract that we were working. I had a, a heart episode in China and um, it was really scary. So, but that being said, being diagnosed with a heart condition was one of the best gifts that I've ever been given because at such a young age to be able to really know the value of life and be able to align my actions with what I wanted my legacy to be mm. was just such a gift. And now to be able to help so many people do that and wake up each and every day grateful for having another day versus great waking up and being like, oh, I got to go to work. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I choose to not waste any day and I choose to enjoy the present moment. And we talked about stress you know, stress exists in the future and in the past. It doesn't exist in this present moment because in this present moment, we have absolutely everything we need to exist. Otherwise we wouldn't be existing. So, you know, that's, that is a huge giant gift that I get to receive is just being able to be present and enjoy my life. I love that. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how you're taking that, what you've learned from growing up to applying it to other people. So we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now.
Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, we believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, we have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways, and we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, we have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support, either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com, and in the menu, click on Donate. And we just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. And we are back chatting with Bunny Young, who is a business therapist who actually started her life out as a therapist and ch changed it to what kind of everybody considers a mindset coach. Because a lot of people think, coach, mindset, you have to change your mindset. So let's talk about building your business and what your business is called. And just tell us what people can expect if they hire you. Yeah, so I have five companies at the moment. Um, the business therapy company is a better place consulting. And I'm so I just want to say I'm so incredibly grateful for the team that has since I had my second daughter has really helped me bring this work out into the world. Because it it helped me go from a job to an actual company. And I couldn't do what I do today and impact the amount of people that we do about them. So I'm going to give them a huge shout out. They also help me stay sane. So with A Better Place Consulting, it started with doing strategic planning for corporations around their core values and helping corporations understand what their core values were. And then, as I said, as a third generation entrepreneur, my I'm coming from my parents and my grandparents owning their own companies. And I'm like, how much would somebody's life change and it be easier to make decisions as a small business owner if you had a clear vision, a clear mission, clear core values? And strategic planning sessions for corporations, if anybody here has been a part of it, it's like four or five days long and you create this 400 page document that literally nobody looks at ever again after the session. So when I looked at the value I was receiving, not monetary, but actually making an impact in line with my vision and with my own values, it wasn't a lot because I felt like the impact to a small business owner and being able to make another six figures that year, that goes to their family. You know, being a, a corporation making another eight figures, nine figures, a billion dollars, that goes to the shareholders. And so I took a step back from the corporations. A Better Place Consulting still does work with corporate teams and the individuals that work with corporate teams are absolutely in love with that. I still work with some corporate teams that I'm absolutely in love with, but I really chose to focus on family-oriented business owners that really wanted more freedom and didn't see how having more return on investment was going to happen without putting more hours into their company. And they're working 80, 90, 100 hours in their company and they're not getting the results that they want. Or maybe it's their side hustle and they're wanting it to be their full-time hustle and they just don't know how. And so that's really where we brought in a group coaching program called Defy that we could gather 
business owners together, we could gather individuals together and really help them align their dreams with their actions. Because if you've looked at your calendar and your dreams aren't on there three quarters of the time, mm-hmm. you're not really making the, the effort towards that. And I'm not saying that in a shaking my finger type of way. It's just, it happens. Life happens to us if we don't make life happen for us. So that's really what we focus on in A Better Place Consulting is just making your life a better place and knowing that by you being able to exercise on your dreams and your vision, if every single person in the world got to do that, how much happier would the world be? How much more joy would there be in this world? That is so true. And I love how you said that. It's almost like a mastermind, correct? When you think so, of business owners. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. So in full transparency, this um, program was the one that I used with my own coaches. So it's a blend of two coaches and my master's degree from counseling and therapy. Because most business coaching gives you a program to follow, but it doesn't give you a whole lot of your own psychology to get over your own obstacles and your own mental barriers. And when's the last time you were asked what you want to be when you grow up versus like just checking where you want to be in a year. We underestimate what we can do in five years and we overestimate what we can do in a year. And so it's a lot of the business practical applications and strategy, but blended in with the psychology. So it actually sticks. So I took basically everything I used and I continue to use put it into a workbook and then did the group coaching element where the whole group gets coached by an individual. There's peer coaching, there's accountability, and there's individual coaching. So for anybody who's like, I don't know whether to do group coaching or a mastermind or a go at your own pace course, or just do an online course. Like I put everything in there so that by the end of the time in Defy, you know what helped and what will take you to your next level. It's kind of like a success buffet. Success buffet. I love that. It's like you you can do you can pick and choose what you want to do. Yeah, it's it's choose your own adventure to success. And you know, we have people that do all of it, and we have people that really just focus in on what's best for them. Because I know the accountability thing is huge for me. I have to have someone to hold me accountable, or I'll just blow it off. Yeah. And and it's different if I'm holding you accountable versus a peer is holding you accountable. And so having that mixture and blend makes it so that you still show up because you're showing up for your group and you're showing up for others versus in a traditional coaching relationship. If I'm not there after our coaching is done, I want you to have the tools and the know-how to get yourself motivated. And just being able to do that in a peer environment really is helpful. So you're focused more on businesses, business owners than you are for individuals. Well, we have, that's what the webpage says. And I can tell you right now, out of the people going through Defy, we have moms, we have retirees, we have, you know, it's, it's really, are you a human that has a dream? And I'm still waiting for that statement to be proved like false when a unicorn signs up or a service dog signs mm-hmm. up and is like, I have a dream. So um, it's, it's just, it's open to anybody who wants their life to look differently and doesn't know where to start and feels overwhelmed. Wow. So let's talk about that feeling of overwhelm because there's everybody, like you said, that's the number one thing, overwhelm and stress. How can we get out of the overwhelm in our work life and our home life? Yeah. So again, that stress is coming from thinking about all of the things on your to-do list. The first thing that you can do is stop putting 50 things on your to-do list and then beating yourself up every day when you don't get 50 things done put two, 
two things on your to-do list, two things on tomorrow's to-do list, right? Um, I tell people that my life changed when I learned the word no. Okay, so, and I ask myself these questions and you can write them down if it's helpful. What is it that I want to change? What is it that I can change? And then in what timeline? So that I know if you've ever seen the Eisenhower matrix, there's important and urgent and not important and not urgent. And so what is it that I want to change? And that's a good question because there are things that I can change. If you answered, yes, I can change this, but I don't want to change it. Guess what? Don't change it. Mm-hmm. Like I, the entire logistics around my, I'm so hopeful that my husband listens to this. But <laughs> I'll give him a shout out because I, we planned this whole family vacation and I told him, I said, regarding communications with your family, that's something that I can do something about, but I don't want to. You can communicate with your family. You can be responsible for communicating with your family. Can I do corporate consulting? 100%. Is this something that I want to do all the time? No, I don't want to be on a plane 32 weeks out of the year. I want to be home with my babies. So that's, that's where it's like, what do you, what can you actually change and what do you want to change? And then that timeline, if it's something that I need to take this shirt to the dry cleaner, is that something that I need to deal with right now? Do I need to be thinking about it right now? No. So put it on some kind of list for you to delegate for later. And I would challenge you for one day, don't use a to-do list, just use your calendar. Because if we put all of the things that we thought we should get done in a day on our calendar, we would be more reasonable with ourselves about what it is that we actually have time for. I love the fact that you use the word delegate because that is so hard for people to do is to delegate things. So what is the main thing that you would say, okay, things that need to be delegated? I think it changes for every single person. So if if you draw that Eisenhower matrix in the important and urgent, those are the things that get my attention. In the important and not urgent, those are things that get scheduled. In the not important and urgent, those are the things that I delegate. And the not important, not urgent, possibly deleted. But for me, the things that get delegated are the things that fall into the not important and urgent. That's stuff that my team will help me with or my family will help me with. Because if it's not important and it doesn't need my brain and it's urgent, like getting the tires changed on the car, that's something that I delegated. You know, it's it's not important for me. I don't need to be there. So that's something that I delegated. And then, you know, if it's if it's something that you enjoy doing and it's a high value in your life, then you do it. If it's something that is not a high value in your life and you don't enjoy doing it and it still has to get done, then delegate that. And you can get super creative I also like to match like one of the things that I was joking with another host about is like laundry, like laundry is something that 80% of the time I delegate it. And when I do decide to do it, I match it with something that I do love and is high value to me. So listening to that podcast that I saved or listening to that audiobook that I saved or dancing, whatever it is, you know, laundry takes like 30 seconds to change the laundry. Yes, I know with a family of our size, like we have a ton of laundry that has to be done and the dog beds need to be washed and the horse blankets need to be washed. So there's a ton of laundry, but how can I make it fun? How can you make something easy and fun? I love that. You keep mentioning the Eisenhower matrix. Can you tell people about that for those that aren't familiar? Because I'm not familiar with that as well. 
So my, my best advice would be to Google it. My second best advice is if you draw a T chart, so, you know, just like a line down the middle of your paper and a line across the middle of your paper, you put important on the top and urgent on the side. And so that first upper left-hand quadrant is important and urgent. And then um, the top right-hand column is important, but not urgent. And then the bottom left-hand column is um, not important, but urgent. And then the bottom right-hand is not important, not urgent. So that's how I figure out my um, to-do list is I put my to-do list after I write it all down on typically on Sundays, I'll write it all down and then I'll put it in that matrix to really see like, you know, where everything is. And that helps me prioritize it because we, as humans, our psychology is to, to go for like the little wins and we don't, then at the end of the day, we haven't really moved the needle. And so I challenge you to get one big thing. Like I ask myself in the morning, like what's, what would make today worth it? And then I get that thing done by 11. Wow. Because most people don't want to do the big thing. They want to push it off and push it off and procrastinate. But if you do it and get it over with, you feel accomplished. Exactly. And you have more energy to get other stuff done. Like that's your biggest hack is, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you already know that you're going to do that big thing, it's like you don't have to belittle yourself throughout the day that, oh, I still have to do this. Oh, I still have to do that. That is increasing your stress level to say like, I still haven't done this because you're upset with yourself of the time that you wasted. And then you're also still pressuring yourself on the stuff you need to get done in the future. So just get it done by 11. And my team and my family will joke with me that I get more done before 10 a.m. than most you know individuals get done in a 40 hour work week. Yeah, but I, I only have that those things that I need to get done. Like there's maybe two or three big things during the week. And the rest of the time, I don't know about anybody else, but my kids are growing up way too fast. And so mm -hmm. I want to be able to enjoy them. And that's time that I'm not going to be able to schedule that for later. Mm -hmm. I either appreciate that time now or I don't get it back. So, you know, I, my business partner asked me on Monday if we were going to write another book. And I was like... Mm, not right now. You know, it's not important and not urgent for right now. I love that. And I love the fact that you said kids do grow up too fast because my, my girls are 19 and 20, 19 through 26, the, the three in the very beginning of the opening. So they grow up. I just remember yesterday, like they were, I brought them home from the hospital. Now they're grown up. One's married. Two of them's graduated college. I mean, they're gone. It's in a blink of an eye. And it's, and then you turn around and go, did I spend enough time with them? Yeah. I, I never want to be able to say I gave my clients enough, but not my family. So how do you balance that work life and make it align to your values? There's no balance. There's point. You know, having a 19 through a 26 year old, that engagement looks a lot different in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, there's alignment. What looks aligned right now? What will help you? get through today and feel like you nailed your purpose. Some weeks that's going to be 40 hours at work. Some weeks that's going to be two hours at work. Mm -hmm. Some weeks that's going to be a hundred hours. I'm sure when you were planning the wedding, there wasn't mm -hmm. balance. It was all about the wedding, <laughs> right? And so it's where can you have these little purpose sprints in your life with these big things that you're focused on? And then where do you schedule yourself as the focus? That's a big point. A lot of people tend to not 
focus on themselves. They focus on what everybody else needs and their needs end up going. And that's where you see a lot of burnout. And that's the next question I want to want to talk because I know you teach a lot about burnout. I do. I do. Yeah. So there's, there's big burnout and then there's little burnout. <laughs> and that's the easiest way I can put it is like big burnout is when life's going to sit you down and have you take some time for yourself. And then little burnout is when you're not really quite sure why the lack of ranch dress dressing at the uh, dinner is pissing you off so much, but you know, it's more mm -hmm. aggravating than it should be. You're not sleeping as well. You are distracted and more irritable than normal. And that's little burnout. That is kind of think about those rumble strips on the side of the road that mm -hmm. are telling you, Hey, you're starting to get off track. And so my advice is slow down and cautiously don't jerk the wheel, but cautiously, realign yourself. And that doesn't look like taking one day off and being like, okay, Bonnie, I checked the box. I took a day off. No, it's every single day because think about how long it's been since you've really truly prioritized yourself. And that's not selfish. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like energy, like gas in your fuel tank, right? If you didn't fill that fuel tank and you didn't maintain that car, it wouldn't be able to get the people that you love everywhere that they need to go. And so for me as the matriarch of our family, if I don't take care of myself, no one else gets taken care of by me at least. And so that's what I've consistently communicated to my children and to my family because I'm an only child and I'm taking care of my parents. And so, you know, when we have a conversation about like, oh, you're getting a massage and getting your nails done and taking a day off like for yourself. And it's like, yes, I am because when's the last time that I had a day off by myself? And so I normalize it and everybody in our family gets days off. And even when, you know, my husband's like, I don't really know if I want a day off, you know, like I just want to spend time with you guys. It's like, well, you get to choose what you want to do, but at least half the day recharge for yourself, do whatever you want to do. And it's, it's helpful because like he had a day off on Saturday and on Sunday, he was like playing video games and, you know, not helping with the house. And, you know, it's like, hey, if this is your time off, that's great. Just let me know that because then I don't have to be upset mm -hmm. that you're not, you know, cleaning the house or helping me with the girls or whatever it is. And so but let's normalize that conversation. And it's it's just funny because people aren't used to taking time off for themselves. Most individuals, if they have time for themselves, are going to figure out how to either work or distract themselves with social media or get involved in somebody else's lives drama. Yep, that is so true. And that's I don't understand why people don't place more importance on self-care, because it's like that's the most important thing you can do for even your family. It's like they say when you're on an airplane, you always want to put your oxygen mask on first and then put your kids on. Yeah. And how many times has somebody told you that? And you're like, I'm pretty sure I can get theirs on and then still get mine on. Yeah. You're going to pass out. I'm just letting you know, you're going to pass out. It goes quicker than you think. So, and, and oxygen deprivation is the same thing as self-care deprivation. It may take longer, but you're, you're running on fumes and chances are, if you're listening to this, you can identify whether you're in the middle of little burnout and big burnout and burnout is a cycle. And so it's not going to go away. It's not that you solve or that you fix. It's a cycle. I'm the burnout subject matter expert that speaks on it at conferences. And I still find myself in burnout. So it's really about awareness 
and then not getting upset with yourself. So really accepting it and just being like, oh, you know what? Thank you so much, body, for giving me the cues and giving me the, you know, like information that I need to, to pull this car back on the road slowly and gently. And then after you have that awareness and after you have provided that gratitude to really kind of accept where you're at, then you can start to make choices on what you're going to do differently in your life. But without those three steps, so many people just go immediately from, oh, I feel like I'm burning out and either ignore it and resist it, mm -hmm. or they just charge into what they're going to do and they get their nails done or a massage. But is that really self-care? Is that really what your soul needs? That's another point that I was going to bring up is self-care looks different for everybody. A lot of people are like, well, I can't go to get a massage. I can't stand people touching me. I mean, if that's the something that they don't can't stand, that's not self-care. That's just angsting their stress even more. Yeah. And, and self-care could be going to therapy. Self-care could be going on a walk, getting a, a personal trainer. Like what, remember that we have emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, and so you need self-care in all of those areas. So let's talk about parenting while you're having a career, because that has to add to your self-care, you know, all your stresses and your overwhelm when you're a parent and you have, you're trying to climb the corporate ladder. Well, I jumped off of the corporate ladder and I was probably on fire while doing it. So that's when the stunt woman um, expertise definitely came in uh, well in that so, and I can tell you the awareness for me around the corporate ladder was I was being somebody that I wasn't to make somebody else besides me rich. So, and I was trying really hard to be somebody else that I wasn't in order to make my performance reviews stand out. And could I have been myself in corporate and been successful? Most likely. But being authentically myself, I really had to get away from that pressure to be somebody else in order to really feel comfortable being myself because it had been a long time since I was myself. And having the heart condition, it's like, what, what are they going to put on my headstone? Like, she worked 120 hours a week. <laughs> she was a really good senior vice president. Like, no, that's, that's not what they were going to put on. I don't want that on my headstone. Like... I remember going to my grandfather's um, memorial and the place was like standing room only. Like I, I'm pretty sure they had speakers outside people that complete strangers to me. And I'm his granddaughter, you know, I was his oldest granddaughter and they just talked about the life that their lives that he impacted and how he always had time for them. And this man built a multi-million dollar company as well. And so it's like, yeah, I think that's what I want my impact and my legacy to be. And so I'm going to start by figuring out who I am and what my dreams are and what my mission is and what my purpose is. And then I want my headstone to read mom, wife, daughter, and good person, right? And so I am going to focus on those conversations. And a couple big things that are practical for you when you have a professional life and a personal life, which all of us do, right? Mm -hmm. Is I ask my kids three awesomes and one not so awesome every single day so that they have three things that they're grateful for and they're allowed to still vent and practice, you know, communicating things that are not right in their world. And so mm -hmm. I, I know this and I'm aware of it. And then the other thing is, is, 
we don't watch TV very much at night. So, you know, I, TV is another, it's kind of like social media on a bigger mm -hmm. screen. It's somebody else's drama. I, my mom is the queen of reality TV and she will ask me if I know certain things about reality TV characters. I'm like, no, they're not my clients. So like, I don't, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. So they're not my family and they're not my clients. And, and also the third thing that you can really do is not touch your phone before 10 a.m. Mm. Everybody, for me, especially during COVID, everybody that I loved and cared about was under my roof. So what did I really need to get my phone for? You know, and so when you respond, when you pick up, you wake up and you pick up your phone, you're already starting the stress response in your brain. And your brain is so susceptible during the times that you're falling asleep and you're waking up. And so when you're falling asleep in front of TV, that's getting plugged into your brain. And when you're waking up and during that twilight um, part of your day, when you're checking your phone, then your brain is learning, oh, stress response. This is how I should wake up is just wake up being stressed. So give yourself that time to integrate. Go find a friendly face that loves you. And if you have teenagers, good luck and Godspeed. But <laughs> a friendly face that loves you before you touch your phone. Tell your body, your brain, your emotions, this is going to be a good day. Tell somebody you're grateful for being, you know, there and alive. So those are just three really simple, practical ways to just slow it down just a little bit. Remember that life wasn't always this quick. We didn't have, you know, smartphones in our pockets 20 years ago. And so we, and we survived. And, you know, that's really what you can get back to for just 15 minutes. Uh, everything that I told you takes 15 minutes per day. Three awesomes, one not so awesome. Don't check your phone first thing in the morning and shut the TV off. I love that. And you also talked about being authentic, not you left corporate because you weren't being yourself. Let's talk about being true to who you are, because that will cause a lot of stress if you're not true to who you are. Oh, yeah. It, so um, my husband, well, this is this is the shortest way to say it is I got the feedback from my husband that I took. We were involved in a hurricane while I was still working for somebody else. And um, we lost power. We were in the Dominican Republic and we just had my laptop, my laptop battery. And we watched a Disney movie with my, we only had one daughter at the time. And my husband said, I'm glad it only took a natural disaster to get you to sit down with us for 90 minutes without checking your phone or answering a work call or, you know, doing something work related. And he was 100% joking. However, my brain immediately was like, no. And I, I searched. I searched for the last time that I had sat down uninterrupted with my family for 90 minutes and I couldn't think of it. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, that's some good feedback. And he was 100% joking. Here is the thing is that my family was so used to me being a workaholic and that they just said, okay, that's just her programming. But that's not what I wanted my legacy to be. I don't want somebody to be like, oh, she was a workaholic. And so... I realized that just because I could do something didn't mean that's what I wanted to do. And so I really took a step back and took that feedback and challenged myself. And I decided to go part-time and my first week part-time, I think I worked like 84 hours. Wow. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, this is where I'm saying, don't jerk the wheel, you know, back onto the, the road. 
But for me, I kind of needed, you know, I was really going off road quick. And so I really needed a, an overcorrection. And so I went to my boss and I said, I'm going to resign. I'll give you 90 days and I'll find somebody and train somebody. And, you know, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. Well, I ended up, there were three people that we hired for the different parts of my position. And I ended up, you know, wanting to leave. And my boss was like, no, you can't leave. And I was like, you know, I'm really tired of your life and your needs and your company being, you know, over my family and over my self-care. Like I'm burning out because now I know I need to leave and it's, oh, I'm aware of it. I'm no longer wondering why I'm feeling this way. I'm aware of it. My husband was leaving for the military and I just said, I'm, I'm out, like I'm done. And I told her what day I was going to be done. And I cried. I had a panic attack. I wasn't sure about any of the decisions that I made. And I'm here. Like, this is proof. And anytime that I've questioned, you know, starting a company is not easy, let alone five. Um, anytime I've questioned it, though, I look at those. I can't overemphasize the fact that your mission, vision, and core values are just, I mean, it's like a self-Bible to be able to turn to and just make sure that you're checking yourself. Every team member that I've ever hired that's been successful in our companies align with our core values and align with our mission and vision. And we don't pay the most on the entire planet, but we've gotten some really amazing people from around the world because they actually want to work with a company that you know, does what they say they're going to do and lives by their core values and their mission and vision. And so I'm really proud to be able to be one of those companies that does that and have that authentic, open communication. And we looked at selling one of the companies uh, two years ago and the people who were buying it were not in line with our core values. And I got to tell you, when there's a big ass check on the line, like mm -hmm. that's really when you get your feet to the fire mm -hmm. is like, do you really mean it? Do you really mean that this is your core values and that you don't make any decisions outside of these core values? Yeah, I really mean it. And and you're probably one of eight people who knows that now and all of you listening. So you can't you can't talk about that. But it, the point no. was that I made the decision behind closed doors. I didn't publicize. Hey, look, like I didn't take this check because it didn't align with our core values. I just told the team, I said, you know, we're doing a really great job with what we're doing and we're just going to keep doing it. If anybody doesn't like what they're doing, let's talk about that. But I can't I guarantee that you would have a job at this other company. So at least now I can guarantee that for, you know, as long as I can. And then COVID hit and I just knew that we made the right decision. Let's talk about having your business during COVID because that obviously had to add some stress. A lot of people are dealing with stress right now and burnout because there's really no separation of work and life because most people were still working at home or, or they're transitioning back into the workplace. Yeah. So at first it was terrifying. <laughs> and then we sat down and assumed that everything happens for a reason. And then we realized it was a really good time to be business therapists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good time to help people with burnout and mental health at work and work-life alignment. Um, so we did write a book, my business partner and I, in a company called Boss on Purpose. We wrote um, How to Own Working from Home, the pandemic edition, and launched that. And um, that was really cool because I'm not a huge writer. 
And so being able to do it in a way that was like him and I just talking to somebody and having a conversation and coaching them. And I got to put in my psychology exercises. He got to put in his productivity exercises. That felt really good. Um, and it was like being able to, to show myself you can do hard things and it can be fun, right? That's what I said earlier is let it be fun. Like, how can this be fun? So it was really fun. And him and I had a ton of fun doing it. And then I also realized like, I don't need to be on a plane all the time. You know, I can do virtual coaching. I can do virtual speaking. I can make an impact and not leave my recording studio. And so that's really amazing to be able to have like these conversations and, and we still need human impact, but you get to choose your humans. And yeah, so it's, that's pretty incredible. And so COVID is, really scary. We went through major changes. And I am probably one of the few people who are super grateful for what the past year has brought as far as mental health awareness, as far as equity and justice and inclusion for individuals with disabilities, for individuals of color. Like, mm -hmm. I think that so many good conversations have come out of such a difficult time, which makes me so proud in a lot of ways of humanity of taking lemons and making lemonade and, you know, adding a little bit of vodka, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's, that's their prerogative. And so that's really, I, I just, my fingers are crossed that all of the organizations who signed these initiatives last year that said, we're going to put our people first, mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to look at these as human resources. We're going to look at this as talent that's precious. And these are human lives, not resources that can just be spent and, you know, discarded. I really hope that at least half of those organizations continue to walk the walk that they signed up for. I so agree because a lot of times people place the, value on the dollar and not on the person. Yeah. And the reality is, is that we literally print money. We make it. So my question is, where's the real value? Now you keep mentioning value. You mentioned core value several times. And I want to share a little story with you. Um, at the very beginning, this actually started during COVID. I was very anxious and I was working with a mindset coach and she was talking about, okay, go live and talk about one of your core values because it was a challenge. You know, anytime anybody's challenges me to do something, like it's an opportunity for me to maybe win something, I'm like all in. That's just my competitive nature. And so she challenged us to go live and talk about one of our core values. And one of my core values is friendships, relationships. So instead of Going back, I have huge anxiety about being in front of the camera, talking to strangers, all this stuff. You wouldn't know it now. But I decided, you know what, if I'm going to go live, I'm going to go live with a friend. And we talked about the core value of relationships and friendships. So that core value, let's talk more about these core values and what people need to really, they need to hone in on what their core values are before they even decide what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. And core values. Thank you for sharing that because that's, that is you know, you answered kind of your own question as mm -hmm. far as core values go, because a lot of people think one of the most common core values that I get stated is integrity. And I'm like that. No, you know, that's that's a core value that you think you should have. Mm -hmm. It's 
you, a core value is one of two things. It's either you would walk out and put your life on the line in order to abide by this core value. Or if you were perfectly in line with your core values, you would not need to question anything that you were doing in your life, period. And so one of my mentors talked about like this I-beam. And, you know, if my kid was on the end of the I-beam and was about to fall off, would I go out on the I-beam? Absolutely, without hesitation. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, if your core value was at the end of the I-beam, are you going out there? Do you have that much faith in your core value, that much of a relationship with your core value that it means that much to you? Yeah. So I tested my core values against that. Um, and actually, one of our core values in the company is what we call the Rocky and B value, which are my kids. And so it's mm -hmm. like, I won't do anything that if they knew I did it, they wouldn't be proud of me. So, um, and, and we have another core value, which is joie de vivre, and that's joy of life. And we also wanted to put something in another language because we do work all over the globe and we wanted to be inclusive. And joy of life in English doesn't have the same kind of yeah. je ne sais quoi as joie de vivre. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another one of our core values. And so that can mean different things for our team. And we have our core values on every invoice. We have them on every contract. We have them, you know, on our website. And we actually had like a response form that was like, let us know how we're doing in comparison to our core values. Nominate one of our team members according to our core values. And it's really, it's not just something that you paint on a wall. You live with your core values and they change and they evolve. And so a simple exercise to figure out some of your core values is write down like five people that you would have on your life board of advisors and then write down their qualities and then see what qualities overlap. And if you don't have overlapping, then maybe go to 10 people. And I did this exercise with my coach and found out really what I valued, what I valued in my life. And then I lived with them for about a year. And my coach joked, don't go get them tattooed because you've got to live with them. And they did evolve. And I, core values, you should have three to five, five at a max, you know, that are really your core values. And we hire and make every decision against our core values in our company. And if I'm going to acquire another company, or like I said, sell a company that I own to another company, it all has to match against those core values. Wow. Yeah, that is so true because if you're not aligned with your core values, that's when everything starts going crazy. And I love yep. how the fact that you have it all over the place because the coach that I was working with at one time said, you need to have them up to where you, they're in your face all the time. So you, it's like conscious decisions to look at your values. Yeah. And it's also being transparent and authentic with our clients and our vendors. Here are our core values. So if we're not operating within our core values, let us know. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies don't do that. A lot of companies are like, oh, we're, our core value is the, the bottom line, the dollar. I have found more value in my companies and in my life from not fo from focusing on something more important than a dollar. So, and, you know, I've had clients be like, but I have to keep a roof over my head. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I understand that. And how are you going to feel keeping a roof over your head the way that you're doing right now? Mm -hmm. And life surprises you when you lean into your value, the return on investment that you get is typically triple. Life surprises you. 
if we had all of the answers for the next steps on what we should be doing, you know, life would look different, but we don't have those next steps. So all you have is right now to trust that you are exactly where you're supposed to be and that you're here for a purpose. And what that purpose is, is your vision. It's your job to find out and discover it and then unrelent and then relentlessly pursue that. I love that. Now our time is almost up. Do you have one last little nugget that you want to share with us? You what, kind of nugget, what kind of nugget do you want? Anything that's off the top of your head. You All right. so many during this time. So <laughs> this is, um, what's alive for me because my daughter read it to me this morning and it's my favorite quote. And so I love when I'm on stage and somebody on the panel is like, all right, share your favorite quote. Um, because mine's from Dr. Seuss, the Lorax. So everybody else is going with like these really amazing, incredible, you know, beings. I'm going with a, you know, two foot tall orange Dr. Seuss character. <laughs> But he said, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's ever going to get better. It's not. And that I have it on my bracelet and my daughter knows it. And um, so, you know, that's that is something that means a lot to me. And then also work is. Wait, what I wrote down this quote and here's here's the other one that I'm going to share, because I, I wrote this down. So I'll share it with you is that. Oh, now I won't be able to find it. But it was something like work is like love visible, basically. It's like when you do what you love, your work is like how you show the world your love, your love for yourself, your love for the world, your love for the people in it, but mainly your love for yourself. And so if, if you if that doesn't ring true for you, if what you do is not loving yourself, or showing the world love and reevaluate what your work is. I love that. Now tell people, first of all, where they can find more about your company. And then we'll talk about where they can find you personally at. <laughs> well, she's got the link down there. Betterplaceconsulting.com um, will take you to a better place consulting. Shocking. And uh, Boss on Purpose will take you to where you can find the book. It's on Amazon as well. Um, so many books today. Um, so my business partner will be proud of me because I actually had the business or I actually had the book sitting next to me for this interview, which is not always the truth. And for me personally, I am a huge on Instagram as far as I, I love being there and putting up silly reels and putting up inspirational quotes. So that's at bunny has six legs, the number six and legs. Yep. There's the link. This is all over it. Um, and that bleeds over into to Facebook, but I don't actually get on to Facebook. So if you want to have a conversation, Instagram is definitely the place to go. And you can always find my calendar on most of the company's websites. So anything that we do, we try to add a bunch of free value up there. And so there's an entire library of videos on our YouTube channel. And so you can go and watch hours worth of, <laughs> I am so proud of you. Um, <laughs> There's literally hours worth of business coaching um, for free up there on, on YouTube. I'm about to record another video for you guys. And what's cool about that is that the videos are like people's asked for them. So it's not just me sitting here creating videos I want to create. Um, so you guys get to ask whatever questions are of value to you and I'll go make a video for you. Wow. I just love that. And Bunny, I want to thank you for coming on and for being open and sharing about your life. We talked about, I think, 
anything and everything we could have possibly talked about. And we st probably still could have had more hours to talk as well. Yeah, well, I'm happy to come back if it serves your audience and makes the world a better place. Yes, and you are welcome to come back anytime. Maybe you can come back and actually chat about your book. And didn't you say you had a book that about the the dog goose? Yes, yeah. And now now Guinness is going to make sure that you get to see him because he you started talking about goose. Um, <laughs> see, you can't even plan this stuff. This is just how how life works. Yeah, so um, that one's called Paw Prints on My Heart, and that's also on Amazon. It's by Bunny Young. Um, but that's about service animals and not the way you think. I'll tell you that it was co-authored by a very special individual and you'll find out in the book. So, and um, we're finishing the audible version of that. So I'm excited about that. And then how to own working from home in the pandemic edition that I wrote with Chris Harris, my business partner, um, who we affectionately call Mr. And Mrs. Working from home now. So um, <laughs> that's on Amazon and uh, we would love to come back and, and chat with you about that. Yeah, and I also want to chat with you too as well about the um, nonprofit, the organization that educates people about service dogs. Yeah, so that's possible, P A W S S I B L E dot org. And I am a proud board member now. After founding the organization and being the executive director for five years, I graduated to board member. So I'm celebrating that level of freedom. And <laughs> there are a lot of nonprofits that are started and run by their founders that just the founder cannot get out of the way of the nonprofit mm -hmm. and doesn't have a system set up for them to step out. So I'm very, very proud of the board and the organization. Um, and anybody who has a nonprofit or serves with a nonprofit and, you know, doesn't know how to do that, reach out to me because, um, yeah, it's amazing when you put yourself first, how many things I love and adore possible. And also it on my Eisenhower matrix, it's important, but it, it wasn't important in comparison to the other things that were in my important. Yeah, I love that. So once again, buddy, I want to thank you for coming on. And guys, I will put in the show notes all the places where you can find her at, as well as where you can find the books. And I'll even probably put something in with the Eisenhower Matrix. So if you don't want to Google it, you can just go straight to I'll put a link there. So that way you can know what it is. Yes. And I'm so glad that you decided to go live with a friend during COVID. Me too, because look what's happening now. Chats from the Block Cabins happen. So once again, Bunny, thank you so much. And guys, most importantly, I want you to be blessed. And remember, keep chatting. Have a great day. Chats from the Blog Cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.